my car today. It said, I know that's probably not completely accurate, but it says 105. I was like, okay, here we go. All right, now we've got this interview. What I want to do, Zach, just you know, is probably break this into two parts. I guess we'll see how this goes. But this is a pretty long interview, but we want to play it for you. This is uh, Mayor Mahoney, Chief Todd, responding to the accusations and sort of what in the world's going on here uh, with One Fargo, Black Lives Matter, as well as what are the next steps for police reform here in our community? The biggest thing I'm hearing, guys, is just there's a lot of confusion out there. And I think the biggest confusion is it felt like, okay, we had the May 30th situation. We'll talk about that in a moment. But then on June 5th, we had this big kumbaya with the One Fargo group. And I thought it was an exemplary event, not just for our community, but for the country. And then Monday happens. And all of a sudden, they're alleging, you know, illegal surveillance, accusing the Fargo PD of crimes. Now they're saying, and I think you're saying the same thing, you guys aren't talking Walk us through what happened between that Friday to that Monday to now. Well, we were kind of disappointed because uh, we were asked to have a meeting early Monday morning because people were upset with uh, Officer Osmondson's actions and what had happened. And it brought up a variety of different concerns on uh, the One Fargo group. And so on that Monday, we started a meeting which was read us our Miranda rights and started a discussion at a, at a meeting. And we were introduced then to people for Black Lives Matter, which weren't part of the original group that did the event on that Friday. Yeah. So just for clarity, they, you guys walked in and they read you your Miranda rights? That's correct. For what? Well, they were accusing us of, um, in their words, illegal surveillance and it, unfortunately, the conversation never really be, became productive. I, pro, I tried to provide some answers to them. Uh, usually I got talked over or my answers were dismissed. And so, unfortunately, it wasn't a productive conversation. Have a seat at the table. Let's continue dialogue. Let's continue to go forward. And we were told, uh, we don't want a seat at the table. We want to protest our way through this. And it was very disappointing because uh, we had met with the organizers of the very first event who were planning a Friday event. And we met with them for three and a half hours. And it turned out to be a, a productive going forward, agreeing to meet on a weekly basis uh, to have some constructive dialogue. The next morning, Thursday morning, I had them invited over to my police station and I brought the that organizing group into the police station, introduced them to my community engagement. And I committed my community engagement team to helping them. We wanted it to be successful. We wanted to supply them with the things they needed it to be successful, audio systems, you know, a schedule, a program, speakers, whatever they were gonna help them with. Uh, it, it turned out to be a great event, I think, for our, for our community, and I think they established some good credibility in that event. Um, at some point, uh, former Deputy Chief Osmondson met with them uh, during the weekend. They became upset with some of the things that he said resulted in them asking for an emergency, which the mayor and I uh, facilitated and came to. Uh, that meeting, uh, only one of the original organizers came, along with two people we'd never met before, and something happened over the weekend in a meeting they had with him that made them angry, and then it just kind of derailed everything. Of course, that resulted in, in them 
calling for that meeting with us, uh, reading us our Miranda warnings, accusing us of a number of things, not having a productive meeting. One of the demands that they made in that meeting is that we drop all the charges for rioting. Um, and we said, we, we can't do that. That's not within our authority to do that. Um, and then they said, well, we're going to have a press conference, which was their, their Monday afternoon press conference. Operation. So just for the record, did you ever tell him to go undercover inside these, this protesters? Ride? What Deputy Chief Osmondson did was outside of our department policy and procedure. And, and that went why. and self-deployed on his own, indicating that without being in an operations plan. Uh, inserted himself into an undercover role, unbeknownst to us, and, and that kind of situation, there's a, def a definite operations plan where there's a communications plan, there's an extraction plan, there's a rescue team uh, ready to go in case that person gets themselves into trouble, and none of those things were in place. Passing specifically when he went downtown, was he still on light duty yeah. or was so, he off duty so at that after point? After the protesters left, the uh, Deputy Chief Osmondson walked past the door and then I never saw him again. Now he had talked to me about earlier about having family in town or at the lake, I don't remember which. And so when I didn't see him again, I made the assumption that he had gone home. So when did you find out he was downtown? Sometime between 3.30 and 4. Deputy Chief Joe Anderson called me and said, do you know where Ozzy is? And I said, no, I think he went home. He said, well, I see him walking around downtown. And I said, oh, well, and, and that didn't surprise me because that is where he hangs out. That's his passion is downtown. And I, I said, well, can you get to him? And Joe said, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable getting to him because of the different pockets of, of protesters and, and what was going on. Why didn't you just text Ozzy and go, Ozzy, what are you doing, man? Get out of there. Well, I didn't know that he was in the middle of things. I just assumed he was walking around downtown like everybody else and observing things. So I didn't really think anything of it. Things started to progress downtown, get more intense, become more aggressive. I was wrapped up in the incident command, uh, which consisted of calling other agencies for assistance, um, managing them as they came in, making sure they had the, the gear that they needed, uh, making sure, knowing where to deploy them. And, and in instant command, we're we have screens around us, we're, radios we're answering, we're answering the phone, uh, the mayor's there, the governor's there. The That's his full focus. So yeah. it's like you would need to do show. He's on full focus doing that. If he gets a text or something or something from Ozzy, that's all. And the, to me, a lot of times, he might just hand that off to Jessica or somebody to look at. But the reality is, he has he has a duty. And Chief, are you ready for this? You ready for that? Yes. yes. He, he's making phone calls. He's making decisions. There's a variety of screens we can see downtown. We can see well and see what's happening. And the tension has started to increase. He had decision making to make. So at any time on Saturday or Sunday, did you call Ozzy and tell him to go home? After the riot was over, and because we had been talking in incident command on how we were going to staff incident command and who was going to take over, who was going to go home and get a couple hours of sleep. And so I called him and I said, you need to be in incident command at 0600 
because you'll be taking over for a renter who will have been and so you need to be here to take over for him. If I can. One of the things we're getting on Facebook is that, you know, there's this big conversations about they need permits there on Main and 25th where they were blocking traffic, almost didn't let people go by. Why not just shut this thing down then? I mean, they were breaking a law, correct? Yeah, the difficulty in it, I got quoted on the permit issue, is that most groups that have anything that disrupts the streets have to get a permit. That's something that's usually done. It takes a while, but every different uh, part of the organization gets involved. Does Ben Dow need to put up barricades? Does the police need to do something different? And then also, if you do that, you usually are asked to carry liability insurance in case anything happens along with your event or what's going on. And Chief can explain it. If, if you have a permit, then we'll make arrangements for them to do something along the street. If you don't have a permit, then you need to walk on the sidewalks, and that's what you need to do. The difference is you don't disrupt traffic. Well, um, what, what our focus became that day, because of the large number of people and the limited number of officers I have, is just trying to keep people safe. A lot, of, a lot of people say, well, just arrest them all, Tim, okay? Now I got 2,000 people I got to put somewhere. Where am I going to put them? You know, and so it's not as to do that. You don't really have uh, a plan to arrest uh, that many people. Because then you have to try to do crowd control and how you modify that. And when people are looking for, let's get a photo op that goes national, that's what you get concerned about. Do you think One Fargo West Black Lives Matters is trying to abdicate their responsibility for what happened tonight? Because even West has called them riots. But then he says, oh, they're riots because Chief Osmondson was down there. Basing the investigation, what I'm hearing you say is that Chief Osmondson did nothing to incite any riot or terrorist acts. Fair. So were these guys trying to abdicate responsibility for what happened by blaming uh, former Deputy well, Chief Osmondson? Well, what we think is that there were two groups activating that thing. And the one group was the one part who was trying to have an activity that was peaceful demonstrations. And we feel that during the course of the evening, different element came out and that element was to so if, if you so, said okay Chris here's our plan to reform the police to ensure that we can have the best Fargo Police Department on the planet or best PD on the planet what what is that plan what are the specifics well part of that is in our strategic plan that we've been following the last five years and, and it's also an increase in community engagement in the programming that specifically reaches out to our minority communities and our youth and uh, trying to build bridges there and relationships because they're tomorrow's adults and they're the ones that are going to help us solve problems tomorrow. Uh, so I think it's a continuation of, of some of many of the things that the department's doing now. I think some of that has been lost in the conversation and people not realizing that what the, thing, the things that the department do, does, the things that the city does to their Human Relations Commission and the implicit bias uh, training and the cultural diversity training that we, we provide throughout the city and let's continue to expand on that. So, so one of the things we did is when he applied for his position, he gave me a strategic plan. So one of the things, I don't know if you were here five years ago, mm -hmm. so if you looked at our department five years ago and you look at it now, it's totally different. And we've expanded, we're bigger, we're larger, we're doing a lot of different things we didn't do before. There's a lot of fortunate things happening with children get into computers, do different things you've never done before. You got to get into, there's a national thing by the mayors is that you get with the youth early and you can mentor and work with them. Oftentimes they get jobs, careers, and are able to survive without a criminal type of uh, career. There are a lot of things that if you work with different people, you make much more progress. I'm very proud of where Chief Todd has come. And in addition, we got an academy that finally came out of that. But if you look at that strategic plan, 
further ahead. Now to me is that what do we, how do we modify it? So I listen to the public. Some people want to defund the police. Some people want to do this. Maybe we can do different things. Maybe we can help in different ways. So let's look at that and, and really continue to try to improve. And maybe here's a better question. I'll start with you, Mayor. So you've been in these conversations. Based on the conversations you've had, what's the biggest problem that you're hearing from this group, and how do you solve it? We're a little concerned about people feel that if they're of color that they're treated differently by the police and I think we need to look at that and see what we need to do. I think all three cities need to do that. We need to look at that. Also the university has some issues that they brought forward to us. It's amazing to me when you talk to the president of the university and he says I haven't heard a thing that you, you okay something's not happening and if you listen to me talk on Friday afternoon what I said I'm like a man in the desert and I want communication. We haven't had communication. So this is an opportunity to open those things and talk about it. Chief Todd, if he is aware of it, he can change it. But if he doesn't know what's going on out there, then we need to talk about it. Well, one of the issues that has been was spoken about when, when the protesters came to the station is, how come there are more, aren't more people on your force that look like us? And that is a great question. I have three black officers uh, right now. Uh, would, I, would I like more? black officers absolutely would like more black officers but they need to feel that support within their own community too where they're encouraged uh, and reinforced towards going towards that type of profession because the, they the officers i have now tell me that's not really the case and and, and they get treated differently within their own community when they because they're a law enforcement officer so i asked wes the question how do you recruit more black americans yeah. to become officers well, when this Brand. He says, hey, that's not my responsibility, that's the police responsibility. Well, I think it's both of our responsibilities. It's the community's responsibility and our responsibility. Part of how we're doing that is through our own Fargo Police Academy, establishing relationships with the criminal justice programs here in the different universities, which we, we have great relationships with them, and recruiting people out of those criminal justice programs um, based on diversity but based on qualifications looking for the best people for the for the job and, and that academy gives us an incredible opportunity to take people and develop them uh, and mentor and coach them to become the kind of police officer we want them to be you got the guy with the purse strings here would a pay raise help <laughs> recruit more people i'm trying because he did that no he did he did it he was did great for us and that made a huge difference for for our officers and morale and, and and keeping people sorry one last question because that's the other question i'm getting is is how is 